What's going on, Niner family? This is Peter Lucas. I have with me today, we got Brian Rennick uh, from 49er Web Zone, and this is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. Hey, what's going on? And we and we're back with Brian Rennick. And hey, so excited to have you here today with me today, Brian. Like I've been trying to get you on my show for a while, <laughs> and like uh, I love what you guys are doing over in uh, over in the the web zone. And uh, and I love and I love your uh, show, your other show with uh, with Tim Sprinkles, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and <laughs> all this all the good stuff you're doing over there. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I am uh, a writer, but mainly the editor over at 49ers Web Zone uh, and then also one of the hosts of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle podcast. Then I also have uh, a podcast with my buddy Tim Sprinkles called The Denim Dungeon. Uh, that has been on a bit of a hiatus because uh, just been uh, the I'll be perfectly honest. The schedule has been crazy for me. Uh, I coach both my daughters in uh, softball and they're in fall ball uh fall ball season just ended but it was you know uh well it was ended up being about six days a week that we were uh doing softball stuff so uh hopefully get back at it with the, with the dungeon and then uh, again we're doing 49ers uh web zone no huddle podcast uh two days a week and then uh, on twitter you can find me at b 77 uh and then again like i said I, I do write occasionally at the web zone but mainly i'm, I'm the editor over there yeah and yeah, like I, I've watched a lot of your uh, the the stuff that you're doing with Zane and uh, and Al uh, lately. Like I love your guys' show. Uh, Thanks, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, man. Like uh, good content. So the so we have this terrible loss yesterday, and not <laughs> such so much because it was it was terrible because we lost. It was much more how we lost, right. and and everybody on the the socials are just going crazy nobody seems to know what the problem is they want to fire everybody burn the house to the ground <laughs> like uh, as as per 49er twitter fashion and uh, it's but what do you think what do you think was the like uh, was there anything specific to blame in this loss or is there really kind of a larger issue at play i mean ultimately i think there's 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 a larger issue at play but just specifically this game you got to hang this one on the defense. Uh, you know, they gave up 44 to the Chiefs. Uh, it's the most points that uh, a D'Amico Ryan's led defense has given up so far in his arguably short career, right? It's been one yeah. full season, plus we're in weeks, uh, we through week seven now. Uh, so you got to hang this one on the defense. Uh, you can't give up 44 and expect to win, right? And, you know, and, and, they're outside of of the first two drives uh, that the Chiefs had, uh, in which the you know we we got that turnover, 
um, you know, they, they did whatever they wanted. They did whatever the hell they wanted the, the entire game. And it just really felt like, you know, I was listening to uh, the Ringer NFL show uh, earlier today, and Ben Solak basically said it, it just seems like Andy Reid went back to, you know, 2000, what, 2016, 2017. It was like, how, what do we need to do to beat a team that has a, a stellar four man pass rush? Well, you mm -hmm. saw it, right? Lots of screens, lots of uh, jet sweeps, bubble screens. You know, he just basically hit, ev hit every button that that you know that you can do against a defense like the 49ers and they were not ready for it for whatever reason they were unprepared for for what they saw from kansas city and hey those things are going to happen but the the larger issue at hand is that you cannot rely on a defense to to you know to to pitch 14 17 20 points week in and week out right not in this nfl um, yeah. this NFL is not designed for defenses to be the, you know, put, produce what the 49ers defense produced over the first really six weeks of the season. Uh, cause up until that point, the most that they had given up is 21 points to the Falcons, right? Yeah. Which was an offense that had scored more than that on average. So they even held the, the Falcons to a lower output than they normally did. But there comes a time when you're going to need your offense to win a shootout. And, and the, mm -hmm. the larger issue at hand is that this offense is not anywhere near prepared to 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 win a shootout. And you could say that that's just the the function of Kyle Shanahan's offense. It's a run first offense, so it's not it's not made to come from behind. But you, all you have to do is look back at 2019 at the games like the game against the Saints or the game against the Cardinals on on Halloween. And you could see this offense winning a shootout. And so I don't know specifically what uh, what's up, Melissa. I don't know specifically what the you know what what the what the issue is currently um, outside of the quarterback. Um, but even then, up until yesterday, Jimmy Garoppolo's arguably arguably been playing some of his best football as a 49er. So that's where it's like, okay, so there are plenty of people who want to put all the blame on on Jimmy Garoppolo and Hey, fine, do that. But ultimately you got to start looking at the guy who is in charge and that's, and that's Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And that, that's the way I look at it also. Like, I mean, you had a, a lot of my same points. It, it's just, I mean, realistically speaking, I've been saying this probably since the what, two, three weeks ago that like this, this defense, uh, like uh, really just kind of shutting everybody down was not sustainable. It was not going to happen all season long. And the, the offense just did not look competent. And it, honestly, it's it's not Jimmy that, that makes it look that way, in my opinion. It's that you just mentioned Andy Reid going and looking at what can beat a four, uh, just rushing four defense. And I feel like Kyle doesn't do things like that. And, and when I say that, I'm t I mean, he doesn't run his offense to beat the other team. It doesn't seem like to me. It just he he does he doesn't take advantage of matchup issues and he just he just runs his stuff and he does get guys open. We're not going to even question that, but we all see it all the time on the tape. But the but the reality is is it doesn't matter if your guys aren't aren't executing well. 
because right. they're going to be open. They're not going to, Jimmy's not going to see him or the, or a penalty is going to take him back 10 yards and, and pl- completely negate the play or the, or the wide receiver drops it. Or Jimmy just, like I said, misses him all together. And it's, it's all those things add up to just, a, it looks like a car wreck, <laughs> like of an offense. It just, it really looks bad. And this, this is Shanahan is a guy that is supposed to be, he's been labeled already the offensive genius. Mm-hmm. I expect points, right? If you're, if you're let, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you don't have the greatest quarterback in the world. You've got so many weapons on this team and now you just added CMC and we yeah. mentioned that it's a run first offense, right? But somehow we're not running the ball. <laughs> Last two games, we've had a perfect opportunity to run the ball. They've been killing mm-hmm. teams on the ground, but they mm-hmm. won't commit. They will not commit. And they go back to the screens, go back to running, running the ball with Debo, like uh, when it's not necessary. And uh, it, it, there's just a lot, a lot that's going on in this offense. But I agree with you that the defense laid an egg in this one. But I think that there's, it was only a matter of time. It was sure. only a matter of time because look at all the injuries and people. I heard somebody say that there was only like three starters out. Okay, well look at the starters. Yeah, the, the middle of your the middle of your defensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two, like I mean, Eric Armstead is a leader on this team. Ken Law was uh, was poised to have a breakout season this season. Then you've got uh, your cornerback two and Emmanuel Mosley going down. Who, by the way. He, he, they, they depend. And we saw a lot of it this last weekend. They depend on their corners to help them in run support. Yeah. So it's, it's not just, you're losing your cornerback too. It's the guys that are backing them up. All of a sudden they can't play that press man on the outside with those, right. with Ambry Thomas and with uh Womack and, and Lenore, they can't do that because mm-hmm. they're going to get killed. Yeah. So now you're all of a sudden you're playing off off ball and it's, you're you're just like you were talking about uh we were talking about earlier shanny kind of guessing like uh i think D'Amico was guessing at the at some point yesterday he was just kind of trying to trying to guess what was going on but yeah i i think the larger issue is this i think this team just doesn't have an identity and we i think a lot of us have been talking about it for for weeks now and Mm -hmm. uh and that's to me that's a larger issue than just this loss and just how they looked um but what do you think this team is missing like, is there anything that you see out there that can help this team get on track? Um, no, I agree with you. I, I do think that they're missing their identity or not leaning into their identity, right? Mm-hmm. And and you exactly. talk about what I mean, what how do you how do you determine what a team's identity is? Well, you really just got to look at their roster construction, right? Um, their 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 play calling, all of that. And and this roster is constructed. And, and, and Shanahan's offense is designed to be a run first offense, mm-hmm. right? And so their identity should be, Hey, we we run the ball. Uh, we run the ball effectively and, you know, and then we, we limit explosive plays on the defensive side of the ball. That has been their philosophy for since Shanahan got there. And while the defenses has lived up to that up until this point, um, the offense hasn't the 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 running game is is garbage right now it is yeah. it is it is not good but you there are glimpses of it right and even yeah. even yesterday 
Uh, yeah, today's Monday, man. It's been a long Monday, <laughs> even yesterday, uh, even yesterday, you know, they were effective running the ball. Well, the, the problem was, is that they got down by so much that they couldn't stick with it. And so it's like, what do you do? Right. If, if your whole game plan is we run the ball, we control the ball, we keep the other offense off the field with sustained grinding drives and then that allows our defense to come in and 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 play with their hair on fire and and rush the quarterback and you know and do do those things that we're accustomed accustomed to them doing well the problem is if you're not running the ball effectively you're you're putting it in jimmy's hands too much and Mm -hmm. the other problem is it's obvious that Kyle Shanahan based on play calling and things of that nature, he, he doesn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo and Hey, (laughs) rightfully so Jimmy Garoppolo is a turnover waiting to happen. We know that. Yeah. But at some point you've just got to say, look, I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him go and we're going to have to live with the turnovers and I'm going to have to expect my defense to get the ball back. And so Cause, cause you gotta, you gotta ride with the, with, you know, or you gotta, you gotta ride with who brought you. Right. And, and Trey Lance isn't, isn't coming back. So Jimmy Garoppolo is who you got or you're, mm-hmm. or you've got Brock Purdy. So Jimmy Garoppolo is all you got. So, I mean, you gotta, you, you just have to, you gotta let him go. You gotta take the, the, the leash off a little bit and just, and, and let him do what, what he can do. And, uh, there's going to be people that argue, well, but Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough to do that. But he's also not good enough to do what you're yeah. doing right now because you're yeah, you don't have a choice, right? So <laughs> it's like, what what other choice do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I feel like he there have been some more plays that he's dialed up, more downfield plays, even with Jimmy in there. And, and he's hit some of them. He hasn't hit a lot of them. You know, Danny Gray was in yesterday, which was awesome to see. Uh, and, and, you know, and what happened with Danny Gray? Well, he had one opportunity and, you know, <laughs> and he was gone. shockingly, he was underthrown. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're right. The identity is not there. And while I still think that they gave up a lot for Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is a, is a, is a game changer. And I am very excited to see him next week against the Rams with a, a week of practice and a week of game planning. Um, what can, you know, what can he do to help really jumpstart this, this run game? Because you saw yesterday prior to the second half, when he just got a bunch of runs up the gut that went nowhere, he Mm. was a difference maker. And so I'm excited to see if maybe now that he's got somebody of Christian McCaffrey's, uh, playmaking ability if he doesn't start getting back to a lot of what we saw last year with Debo, but now it's with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny because it seems like every week, every week we, we sit, we see a glimpse of something in, in this offense. Now this, this week it was Christian McCaffrey and the, the trade there. And we're all expecting to see, you know, what, well, like something, something different from Kyle. And then, but the week before that, it was, Oh, Jimmy played well. Like, and they threw down the, they threw down the field a couple of times. Oh, I wonder what we'll see if we'll see that again next week, every week <laughs> we seem to be wondering sure. what, what's going to be new this week. 
And, and I think that is the biggest issue is that, is that Kyle just is not putting his stamp on it and saying, look, this is what we're going to do. This is who we are. He's still searching. And I think he found, he found a recipe for success last season. And for whatever reason, he's decided to go away from it. But I was, I was pleasantly surprised them to see them run the ball to the outside with, uh, with Christian McCaffrey and go back to that wide zone, like, uh, and go to the, the outside zone more. And you saw they were getting him and, and Jeff Wilson were both gashing them with mm-hmm. those plays. And then they went right back to running it, trying the inside zone and running guys into walls. I don't know what it's going to take this season to have Kyle to, for Kyle to see that that inside zone, that inside zone that he's been trying to implement since last season, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's not working for his, for his team that, and that the team that he has, but it's just, to me, it's just weird. Like, uh, that you can't see, you see something is working and you don't just keep doing it until they stop it. Like uh, that's right. been football forever. Every, every coach <laughs> would probably do, would probably just keep doing that. That's what we've seen forever in football. I've been watching 35 plus years and that's always the game plan. Hey, we found something. Okay. Let's just keep doing it until, until they stop us. But that's not Shani. He just, he finds something that, uh, that works and then he moves on to something else. And then he moves on to something else. So it's, but do you have pro, do you have a problem with the way with the with Kyle's play calling? And what do you think it's going to take to get these guys some consistency going in this offense? Because I I just think that we're always seeing something different, and I think that that's what the players would probably like to see too is just some consistency in what the game plan is going to be. But what, how do you feel about it? Yeah, you know, I think uh, in terms of play calling, the the problem I have, you know. Shanahan and and to be perfectly honest, this is a bit of a trend with Kyle Shanahan offenses is that he is elite at moving the ball between the 20s, but he's not elite at scoring. And ultimately, that's what you need to be elite at if you're going to be an elite offense. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and and he's called this offensive genius. And to me, I'm like, oh, offensive geniuses. Score points and. I think it's four times in the 15 seasons that Kyle Shanahan has been an offensive play caller. Four times has his team finished in the top 10 in points scored. And I believe it is at least seven times that they finished in the bottom 20. Mm. And so to me, that offensive genius label might be a little bit uh, it, it might be mislabeled, right? Because <laughs> just a skosh. You know, just look at the game. Just look at the game yesterday, right? If you want to talk about an offensive genius, let's talk about Andy Reid. Yes, right. Andy Reid has scored. Andy Reid consistently has offenses in the top ten in scoring consistently mm-hmm. over the course of his twenty plus seasons as a play caller. And so, you know, when you look at at like Bill Belichick, who's a defensive play calling genius, and consistently over the course of his career, he has top 10 scoring defenses, right? That consistency is where you get the label, right? Not just because you can draw up cool plays and, and you're right. There are more often than not in every, uh, in in every route that, or every pass play that, that Shanahan calls invariably, there is somebody who is wide the hell open, right? That is part (laughs) of, part of why he earned that, earned that moniker as a genius. 
the problem is he has a quarterback who cannot go through his progressions well enough to find that player consistently. Or and read so, a blitz. Or, or read a blitz or know where the hot route is on a blitz, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, you know, throwing a, a corner route to Kittle when Jeff Wilson is wide open on a choice route because Ugh. he's the hot and that's and that's what the quarterback's supposed to do, right? If if you recognize a blitz and you know you're in zero coverage, that means that they're they're bringing six, and which means that there's one that's unaccounted for, which means you have to account for him, which means that you have to know where your hot is. And that was Jeff Wilson, and he was wide open. Probably would have been a touchdown on that play if he mm-hmm. would have acted, but he didn't even look that way. And I yeah. think part of Jimmy's problem is is he commits to where he's going prior to the snap of the ball. He has zero ability to adapt or adjust. And honestly, sometimes it feels like his play caller has the same problem. Mm-hmm. Outside of the first 15 to 24 plays, whatever Shanahan scripts in the first quarter, it just seems like he struggles to adapt. And and I don't feel like that has always been the case, but that has definitely been the case this season. And so I, you know, I, I think the problem is you've got a quarterback who you don't trust you've got a quarterback who isn't committed to this team and rightfully so i don't blame Mm -hmm. jimmy garoppolo i wouldn't be committed to this team either um and so you didn't plan on having this guy play for you this season you brought him back as a backup and you were ready to move on well now he has to play but he's not bought in and so you got to figure out a way to not get him to buy in but at the very least scheme around him so that you, you know, you are scoring points regardless of what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing. And and I don't know that I don't know that he can do that. And that's that's part of the problem. Absolutely. And I I do think that that is one part. Now I do think that Jimmy is playing for a contract. And uh, he's going to right? I mean, you would think. <laughs> like yeah. uh, but but maybe he's okay with the amount of money that he's already got. Uh, because it doesn't seem it seems like the same Jimmy for the most part, uh, including a couple of deep throws a game like uh, that may or may not even get touched by the receiver. But <laughs> but I digress <laughs> now. Yeah. But uh, Melissa, Melissa had a question uh, with juice injured, like and I think everybody saw that that brutal finger injury <laughs> yesterday. Uh, but uh, do we switch from the overuse of of him like uh, to 82 or do we finally see more snaps for Danny, uh, Danny, Jawan, uh, CMC, Charlie TDP and others who rarely, who are rarely used. And I think that we might see some, some more, this, this is the thing like Jordan, like everybody wanted to see Jordan Mason all season long. <laughs> like, uh, and we still have yet to see him. Uh, the, the thing about Jordan Mason was they said that he wasn't pass block. Like there was a problem with his pass blocking. Pass protection, and, yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. And then I don't think TDP is really that great at it either. And uh, so do you put those two or do you just put a, uh, put a, put a tight end back there? I, I would run a two, I would run more a two back and let Jeff Wilson kind of be your de facto fullback in my opinion. Like uh, I think that they've yeah. done that in the past, like, uh, and, uh, and it actually worked out pretty well. Like, but the, the thing, the one thing about Jeff Wilson is he, He's so physical. Sometimes he he gets hurt. And I thank God. I, I don't want to speak that into exa- existence, but the, <laughs> thankfully this year he's he's been really a workhorse for for this offense, Great. and he's been yeah. he's been one consistent. And I dogged on him before. I I was like, why are we putting this big ball of mid out there? 
all the all the time. But I mean, the reality is, is he's giving at least you know what to expect. <laughs> but sure, but yeah, I I would I would venture to say that we're probably going to see more two back more two back like that, like with Jeff Wilson in that uh, in the, more of that uh, juice role. Uh, how do you feel about it? Well, I mean, you also got to look at it this way. Um, again, it is a finger injury, which obviously you know is not great. Uh, especially if you're talking about juice as a, as a receipt, as a receiving threat, but I also don't see any reason why he couldn't play with the club on his hand as a lead blocker. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, and, and juice hasn't been involved in the passing game very much, uh, this season anyway. And so mm. I don't know, it'll be interesting because ultimately if you choose to play him, you're really telegraphing what you're doing, right? Because if he's out there, part of why Shanahan, likes having a fullback is it keeps defenses in their base personnel. And part of the reason why he likes having Kyle Juszczyk as a fullback is because he can set, send Juszczyk out in a, in a route uh, if he if he so chooses. And so if he's playing with a club on his hand, then obviously you're kind of telegraphing, this guy's not going out on a route. So, you know, we can, you know, we, we can, we can safely assume that, you know, he's either staying in to protect or, you know, he's, he, this is going to be a run play, whatever the case may be. So you may telegraph too much. Um, and so in that regard, you may, you may see, um, you know, you may see they've, they've put Dwelly back there in the past as a, as a replacement for juice. Uh, and, and you might see that again, just so that again, it, it keeps kind of that threat of, of the fullback being, being able to, to catch passes out of the backfield. Um, I would like to see more two back sets. Uh, I think it would add a, a different element to the offense, especially mm -hmm. in the red zone. Uh, and what I ultimately, what I would really love to see, and, and especially in the red zone, is more two back sets where it's 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 CMC and Debo in the backfield. Mm. I mean, just imagine what kind of uh, hell uh, Shanahan can put a defense in if you've got. You know, if you've got CMC and Debo in the backfield, you've got Kittle in at tight end, you've got Ayuk and you've got Jennings. Like you've got, I mean, the number of the the amount of playmakers you can get on the field at the same time if you put uh, you know, two two running backs back there as opposed to a running back and a fullback is incredible with this with this roster. And so yeah. I think that's what you're gonna see. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they talk about when it comes to Juice's injury and and how much time he may miss or if he'll miss any time uh because again as much as i like ross dwelly he's a, a local guy for me he's from the sacramento area um he's not the same blocker that that juice is and so i i, I don't know if they'll if they'll put him back there or not yeah absolutely like uh yeah i don't i don't i don't really i really don't want to see ross dwelly having to block <laughs> i i just don't want to see it like it's uh he, that's not his strength. Uh, I wish they would no. get him out there instead of Charlie Warner on passing downs. But yeah. hey, uh, maybe that's just. But uh, I don't want to set us up, set ourselves up for uh, for disappointment. Like uh, we talk about these these uh, two back sets and oh, look at all the things we can do that Kyle is never going to do. <laughs> like, it's also just... true. Also likely true. Yes, that's but <laughs> but with being fair, being fair to Jimmy. Mm -hmm. What grade do you give him for yesterday? Does it even matter? <laughs> like, uh, and what does, and my last question would be, what does he have against throwing the ball away? <laughs> um, yeah, I, 
I don't think Jimmy is the reason they lost that game. Some people would like to yeah. to to lay the blame squarely on his shoulders. I disagree with that. I don't think Jimmy is a part is the reason why they lost. Is he a part of why they lost? Absolutely. And why is he a part of the, why they lost? Because ultimately you look at his game and, and he did have three turnovers. If you include that safety as a turnover, which I do. Um, and so ultimately I, I would say like a C minus, right? Cause he threw for 303 yards. He had two touchdowns, one interception, a fumble lost and that safety. And so did he play well enough to win? Probably not. Did he play well enough to keep the game close if it weren't for the defense? Absolutely. You know, I would argue that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give him a failing grade, uh, you know, but he did ultimately have more turnovers than touchdowns, which is never, uh, never going to be a winning recipe. <laughs> and so, you know, a solid 70%, right? A C minus, yeah. maybe a D plus. Um, but as far as what does he have against throwing the ball away? I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's Jimmy. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a gunslinger mentality with a pea shooter of an arm, right? It's like, yeah. you can have that mentality and that's great, but you don't have the arm talent to have that mentality. So you have got to, you've got to figure out how to live to, to see another down. And, you know, it, I mean, that safety, Trent Williams got his ass whipped on that. Like yes, he just did. straight up, just got his ass whipped. And you don't expect that typically. And so, you know, I'm still going to lay blame on Jimmy Garoppolo because you've got to have the awareness to just get rid of the ball, like you said. Yeah. Um, but at least he didn't step out of the back of the end zone this time. Like that, that one is squarely on Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders. This safety, you know, you still got to lay blame on him, but, but also Trent Williams has a large share of the blame uh, because that was a, a, that was just an ass whipping. So, um, yeah. And it, Melissa said he also took critical sacks instead of taking care not to lose yardage. 100%. Yeah. They had five sacks yesterday against a team. That defense is not good. That Chiefs defense is not it good. Wasn't. And that was the other thing. That's the other <laughs> thing that is so befuddling in terms of like wh what happened to this offense. This Chiefs defense came into the game 20, it ranked, I think, 25th in DVOA. Um, yeah. At best, it might have been 28th. I can't remember exactly, but it's not a good defense. And so no, they're not to good. only put up 23 points against them, just it's just a, a you know, it's it's just an overall failure from the entire offense. Um, you know, and it's and, and the special teams wasn't good either. They literally the the 49ers got out coached in all three phases of the game by mm -hmm. Andy Reid, Steve Spagnolo, and Dave Taub, the the special teams coordinator. And the other thing is they spent a lot of this offseason and some resources this offseason to upgrade the special teams. And so far, they've gone backwards in DVOA, which <laughs> is just maddening in and of itself. It's impossible. It, it feels like it's impossible because we were, what, 31st last season? Um, no, we were not that bad. Uh, I believe we were 25th last season. I think right now we are 28th. Okay, I know. I know we were pretty. We were pretty far down the totem pole. I thought, I, yeah. like, I remembered hearing that uh, Green Bay was like the only team that was worse than us. But, uh, but, but yeah. It, but yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, it. It really just like uh, we talked about earlier about Andy Reid and his and him being a, an actual genius, offensive genius. But the reason why he's called a genius is different from the reason why Kyle is called genius. Uh, Kyle is called a genius because of his play designs and like, uh, and that he's got all the razzle dazzle and, and all the eye candy and all that kind of stuff. But 
Andy Reid is a is an is an offensive genius because he because his teams execute. They execute and points and they score points. But but why do they score points? They score points because he just hammers the ball at your at your weak spot until you give. That's what he does. He takes it. He takes advantage of those matchup issues. He's going to. He's. Uh, it's not the play call. It's not the actual play calling that is that is genius. As much as it is, he's just. He uses his best players, and and uh, and just beats you to death with them. Like uh, that's. I mean, novel concept, but <laughs> but uh, and we've got the 49ers have so many that we don't. But we don't have the consistency. And granted, we don't have a Patrick Mahomes. Like, I mean, that's, that's part that's of it. Part for of sure. it. <laughs> that's part of it too. For sure. So uh, like, but when you find something, the running game has always been a go-to and I still have yet to see a team really shut down that outside zone, like to the point to where you could stop using it. And, uh, but th- they kind of went to that inside zone this, like the last couple of seasons. And it's just has, and it just hasn't looked the same, but yeah, I, I just think that there's a really big difference between the two between the reasons why the two are called are called geniuses. And I really, and and I really agree with what you were saying earlier is that it was premature to call Shani a a genius. And the other part I will, the one thing that I will say for Shani is he's in his what sixth year of head coaching. Yeah. Andy Reid's been coaching for what? 30 years now or 20. Yeah. Like uh, as a head coach, 20 plus. Yeah. 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 So 20 plus as a head coach, but, and Andy Reid was, was let go (laughs) at at one point and he was labeled, uh, he was labeled that he could never win the big one. And the, in the Eagles, he got to what five NFC championship games for the Eagles and just couldn't get over the hump. Uh, And then the one time, the one time they got, they got McNabb a receiver and TO like uh, they go to the Super Bowl and they, they, came within a couple of plays of winning it but yep. uh but then he goes to Kansas City same thing he gets he gets them to up to a certain point and then he couldn't get over the hump until he got Mahomes and even then it took him going against of course the 49ers to get him over the hump <laughs> like, so it's Ugh, it brutal. i mean we could go on and on honestly about about our coaching woes but it's so CMC i, I do want to mm-hmm. bring up CMC because he looked good, like uh, for, oh, for not sure. having any real prat. Like I mean, what one practice, and he probably got a crash course on the verbiage. Like uh, well, and, he that, looked and Friday re- practices are typically walkthroughs, so yeah, <laughs> he didn't even yeah. really have a practice. Yeah. So and but Jeff Wilson looked energized having having him on the field, having him on the field in the game. Like. Uh, why, why, why do they continue to go away from this run from running the ball? And even like, even when it's effective and how do you think, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about the two back system, but how do you think that, do you think that they're going to stay going uh, using the, that outside zone more now that we've got CMC? Cause I got, I have to believe that they're not going to just run him into walls, but I mean, it is Shanny, but I have to believe that they're not going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think I think part of why at the very least they were getting away from the outside zone was simply because they didn't really have the the players to run it, right? Once once Elijah Mitchell went down, you're left with Jeff Wilson Jr., Ty Davis Price, Jordan Mason, uh Tevin Coleman they brought in, right? None of these guys have the speed to to break 
the outside zone, right? For 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 explosive plays. And this offense is designed around uh this offense is designed around explosive plays in the run game, right? Or chunk and then chunk plays in the in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um and uh we see CG Ruthless here. He said he said he expects CMC to be a difference maker against the Rams. CMC already uh ran for 158 yards against the Rams earlier this season <laughs> yeah. with the Panthers. So I agree. I expect him to be a difference maker. Um you better get more than I'm, seven carries. <laughs> well, and and that's the thing is I don't I I was surprised by the number of touches he got in this game anyway, mm-hmm. just because of the the little amount of time that he had with the team. And so I, I, I think he's going to be a large part of the game plan uh in LA for sure. You know, they're mm-hmm. gonna have a week of practice with him. Shanahan's going to have a week of game planning with him. I think we're going to see some pretty exotic run plays with him. I think they're going to hammer that outside zone. But the one thing that you have to look for is the Rams. And this is why the 49ers came out throwing the ball a lot more in that victory against the Rams earlier. The Rams have in the past, I think, four matchups uh, really focused on stopping that outside zone by putting six men on mm, the line of scrimmage, true. right? They're going, they're, they're, they're adding defenders out wide to keep that wide zone from actually breaking any big plays. And so I don't know how much you're going to see the outside zone in this game simply because they are geared up to stop it. It's like the, their defensive game plan is centered around stopping that outside zone. Now Shanahan knew that and he went away from it and went with a quick passing attack, which really kind of, uh, neutralized that that defensive philosophy. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see if, you know, now the counterpunch is we come back with Christian McCaffrey and we start running more of that outside zone until okay. they go back to it and then you hit that passing game again. We'll see. It'll be interesting. But but I do think I, I do think that that McCaffrey is going to be a large part of the game plan. And I think that's going to include a lot of touches in the in the passing game. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, and I think I think that I think you're right. Like as far as that, he's gonna be a big part of this this offense going forward. I think that we just have to be. It's gonna be a long week of, of waiting, and uh, j- just because we want to see it, we just like uh, we won't believe it until we see it. And uh, that's right. because that's we we hear a lot of things. A lot of people talk about what we're gonna see on the, on each week. And it just doesn't materialize because to us, they're obvious things. But for whatever reason, Shani likes to uh, zig when everybody thinks he's going to zag and all that other nonsense. But so we got all these wet. We got and I thought that 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 the trade was, in my opinion, was a little redundant because we have so many weapons everywhere at the wide receiver tight end spots. And even I think I think that some of these running backs that we have didn't really get an honest chance like uh, in my opinion like uh, sometimes you just have to see it on the field and see what they look like in the actual game then before you can say that they're just not going to work and but I'm not the coach and uh, this that's that's how I would look at it but obviously Shannon doesn't look at it the same way but with so many weapons at the wide receiver and tight end spots do you think Kyle maybe has too many weapons and is did you see any pressure 
to get them all involved. And maybe that's why his offense looks so schizophrenic. That's, I mean, that's a good point and a good question. Um, you know, and it's hard to know. I don't, Shanahan doesn't strike me as a type of guy that really cares about who he gets involved. Like, I don't think he's there to stroke egos of Debo or Ayuk or Kittle or, or whatever. Um, you know, and, and ultimately, uh, they all seem like, uh, players that have the mentality that, uh, you know, I don't need to get mine as long as, as, as long as we're winning. Um, you know, and here's the thing, you know, Debo has his money. Kittle has his money. Um, CMC has his money. They are not, um, you know, they're, they're not, they're not trying to, to pad their stats as for a, for a run at a big contract. Ayuk might be feeling that way. Um, and, and, and we'll see, but, you know, ultimately I, I don't think it matters to any of them. And I, I don't think it matters to Shanahan either. I don't think he stays up at night thinking like, Oh man, I didn't get Debo very involved last week. I got a, I got a, you know, game plan to, to get him the ball more. I think he's more than willing to give the ball to whoever's going to give him the best chance to win. And so, mm. um, and I think the, the nice thing is, is the more weapons you have, the more you can really game plan around a, a defense's weakness. Right. And so, mm -hmm. you know, what, what do the Rams have? Do the Rams have uh, excellent cover corners? Well, they've got Ramsey, right. And they move him yeah. all around. Um, but, but that's about it. Right. So, so maybe we're going to see him attack the outside a little bit more. And maybe that means getting Debo and Ayuk involved, you know, and the nice thing is with, with McCaffrey. Now you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to bring Debo in the backfield as much, right? It can be more of a, more of something that you do once or twice a game, as opposed to seven times or more. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so it frees, it frees him up to have, uh, you know, more 11 personnel, right. Where you've got Ayuk and Debo on the field and a Jennings on the field uh, because you can have, especially with juice gone, right? Like maybe we do see a shift to, uh, well, we don't know if juice is gone, but, Again, if he's out for if he's out for uh, a little bit of time, you know, maybe instead of seeing a Warner or a, or a Dwelly back there to take his place, maybe you do see more use of 11 personnel where you've got Jennings and Debo and Ayuk or Gray and Debo and Ayuk on the field with McCaffrey in the backfield and Kittle in a tight end. Right. Like mm. get as many playmakers as you can uh, on the field. And, and then, you know, go to McCaffrey in the passing game, go to McCaffrey in the run game, go to gray, go to Debo, go to, go to Ayuk. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know that teams would expect a lot of 11 personnel from Kyle Shanahan because he doesn't do it very often. Maybe this is how he, maybe this is how he adapts. Maybe he goes. And again, like I said, I don't think that he trusts his quarterback very much, but at this point, this is who you have. So you got to figure out the best way to, you know, to get the ball in your playmakers hands. And, you know, maybe that is getting as many playmakers on the field as possible. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Like it's, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of, at this point, I don't have a lot of faith that Kyle can is going to just all of a sudden get, get the ball in certain players play in playmaker in certain players hands just to, to take advantage of matchups. Cause he doesn't, he doesn't historically do that. Like uh, he just, he doesn't look at, look at and see that we've got a rookie corner over here. And then he's just going to run 
run plays at that guy consistently and put that guy in a bind consistently. He, he kind of calls plays against that defense as a whole and their responsibilities. And it's uh, to me, it's, it needs to be, there needs to be some kind of change as far as that, that philosophy, just uh, because up to this point, it's not working. <laughs> like it's not working and you've got to get, and it works sometimes, which I'm sure just gives him, gives him a reason to try it again later yeah. on down the road, but it's not working consistently enough for you to say that this was, that this is infallible and we should, we shouldn't try something else. Uh, so uh, I, I just, I, but I, I do agree that they're, that they're, uh, that they, they have so many, they just have so many weapons and they can put guys in bind a lot. 11 personnel would be really interesting uh, because like you said, Shani doesn't, uh, doesn't like to do it that much, but I don't know. Well, we, well, we see, I guess we're going to be, that's something that I'm going to be looking for this next game. And the, and one, one thing that uh, one of the guys brought up, a lot on my last last week's show was mm-hmm. why do we never see hurry up ever right that would be something to get yeah. like get guys in get guys in a rhythm get guys uh some easy touches get put the defense on their heels a little bit uh like if you're if you have a quarterback that's struggling that's struggling to to just get your basic concepts why not make it a little bit easier for him by just by just give him a couple of play, like th- two or three plays, and just rattling them off real quick. So, and he doesn't, and then he'll only have to play against the, probably the other team's uh, base or vanilla defense. Right. Uh, just, I I don't know. It seems like a simple a simple type of solution that we just never try. And uh, but how do you feel? What do you feel about that? Why they don't do that? Um. So here's here's my best guess. Right. What do we know about Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> is not the most cerebral quarterback, right? True that. Um, he struggles to to read defenses. He struggles to go through his progressions. Um, I know I have a I have a buddy who um I have a buddy who has a relationship with uh with Rich Gangarello uh and he was told by Rich Gangarello that Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the uh least intelligent quarterbacks that he has ever worked with. Um <laughs> And so the thing that you got to think about when it comes to no huddle is if if you're going to go no huddle, you got to have a quarterback who is going to be able to run no huddle, meaning that he's going to be able to remember, hey, we're going to go, we're going to go in sequence. We're going to go this play, then this play, then this play. Mm. So you run that play, you get up to the line, run the next play, get up to the line, run the next play, right? I, I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo has the capacity to do that. Um, and, and not only that, but these Shanahan play calls are, uh, famously verbose, right? They are like 12 words long, which, you know, tells everybody what they're doing, including protection, but that's a lot, right? Which is why Jimmy Garoppolo has, he has the, the, the wristband, right? And, and so does Trey Lance because, you know, Trey Lance is a 23 year old rookie, not an eight year vet, but regardless, um, and so I think that's likely that's my that's my best guess as to why they don't really run it is because I don't know that Shanahan trusts that Jimmy Garoppolo could run it. And I think that's yeah. the biggest issue. Do you think that like because we mentioned the ver- verboseness, if that's mm-hmm. a word like of uh, Shanahan's <laughs> of Shane's terminology? What do you think that that's a problem? 
Like, uh, what is the, maybe he could simplify, try and simplify it a little bit because maybe everybody's uh, being told exactly what they're supposed to do on every given play. Like, uh, maybe that's just too much. And, uh, and they give him some basic concepts that everybody just understands. Uh, do I think he could? I absolutely think he could. Do I think he will? No. And I yeah. think that, and, and the reason being is because Kyle Shanahan's a control freak like that. Yeah. Like that is, that is really what he is, which is why, you know, he scripts the first 24 plays and then he scripts the first 12 coming out of halftime. And it's all about control, you know? And, and the yeah. thing is, is Shanahan treats his, his quarterbacks like he's playing Madden, right? It's like, here, here's the play that I want you to run. And here is where I want you to go with the ball, right? Yeah. If, if, if we run this play and it's executed correctly, here's where the open receiver is going to be. Yeah. Is that typically true? A hundred percent, right? Like that's because that's where he gets the, the genius label. These play designs are, are, they are specific to the, the, like you said, they're specific to attacking the defense and their principles and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And part of, I think why these offenses are starting to struggle a little bit. And we're seeing it with, the 49ers offense, the Packers offense, the uh, Rams offense, the um, to a certain extent, the Jets offense, although they're starting to get a little bit better. Um, They defenses are starting to play with the protection rules for, for these offenses specifically Mm. in um, disguising, uh, disguising blitzes and disguising rushers disguising who's coming and who's not coming right um because ultimately part of the the whole reason why kyle shanahan's offense is the way that it is and why people call it kind of a quarterback proof offense is it takes all of the responsibility off of the quarterback in terms of calling protections and recognizing uh recognizing blitzers and puts it on the offensive line and and more specifically than that the center and so teams are starting to play with that and they're starting to to do a lot of disguised blitzes, right? Where it looks like one rusher is coming and then all of a sudden that rusher isn't coming and he's dropping into coverage and another rusher is coming. But because the center has called that protection and pointed out, hey, you know, there's the mic resetting resetting that protection and then all of a sudden that person no longer is the mic right that's where yeah. you get a lot of, of free rushers uh, especially against these these shanahan type offenses and so you know i think i i i think do i think that that he could dumb it down essentially i do do i think that he'd be willing to do it probably not and that's just ego mm-hmm. and and stubbornness yeah that's that's the that's my label for him for it at least like it's just uh you just i feel like if if something if you're just going to keep banging your head up against the wall then you kind of deserve the the criticism like when it comes sure. but uh it's so but let's let's move on to the o the the o line like uh and they kind of had a rough a rough date like uh, they had been in my estimation like up to this point they had been, it looked like they were building consistency, like yeah. a little bit more every week. And, but uh, did Trent Williams, do you think Trent Williams came back too soon? Like, uh, and is McGlinchey need to be out there at all? 
Um, you know, I think probably Williams and McGlinchey both came back too soon. Let's yeah. not forget McGlinchey had that calf injury uh, mm-hmm. in the game against the Falcons. And, you know, when it comes to the tackles, because that was the problem against the Chiefs. Uh, yep. Aaron Banks uh, Aaron Banks had another clean sheet. Aaron Banks has been incredible. Left guard Aaron yeah, Banks that has guy. been absolutely a, just a, a straight-up stud. I'm still um, apologizing to him. Yes. <laughs> right? A lot of us are because, <laughs> yeah. you know, there were there were a lot of questions about him coming into the season. Um, but, you know, the 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 problem last or on Sunday was was the tackle play, which is hard to say because Trent Williams is a Hall of Famer. Uh, but it, it is quite possible uh, that that they both came back too soon. And the problem with McGlinchey, uh, you know, at least I think his problem yesterday was when you talk about a calf injury, you're talking about uh, an injury that is going to keep a, a tackle from from really being able to anchor against a pass rusher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you think about just think about calf stretches, right? Like, what do you do when you have a when you have a calf when when you're stretching your calf, right? You put, you know, let's say I'm going to stretch my right calf. Well, I put my right leg behind me. I I put my front, my left leg in front of me. I bend my knee and then I lock my, my ankle or my, my heel into the ground. And I just lean into that stretch, right? That is anchoring and pass protection. That's what you're doing. If you've got a calf injury, you're not going to be able to do that. And it was pretty evident that he had zero ability to anchor yesterday, which is why he consistently got absolutely worked on bull rushes. Absolutely worked. There is. The there was the the sack by Chris Jones where Chris Jones ended up yeah, lining up outside crazy. against him, and <laughs> and Chris Jones just literally manhandled him all the way into Jimmy Garoppolo. And then there was another example of one where Garoppolo got the pass off, but McGlinchey absolutely gets bullied, and then he ends up on his back. But to be fair, he ended up on his back because um, he ended up tripping over uh, Brunskill's right leg as Brunskill was in his pass blocking set as well. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you can't blame him for that, but, but yeah, I, I think, I do think that McGlinchey probably tried to gut that out and, and in all honesty, had no business being out there. Um, because I, I do think there are times where McGlinchey gets a bad rap, um, Mm -hmm. because you know what he, he was drafted because he's an elite run blocker at, at tackle. And this, mm-hmm. and this is a run team, a run first team. So yep. I get why they, why they liked him. And also I think he gets a bad rap because a lot of his m- most egregious misses, uh, not misses, but most egregious pass sets uh, are, are just at inopportune times <laughs> where, yeah. you know, he ends up giving up a sack at a really bad time. And so we just focus on that, but, you know, I think he's average in pass protection. And I think that he's elite in, in run blocking, but I also think that, at least last week, he probably shouldn't have been on the field, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and after the second time that he just got absolutely manhandled, they probably should have put Jalen Moore in and see, and at least see what he could have done or shift Daniel Brunskill over to right tackle and put uh, Spencer Burford back in at right guard, right? Yeah. Like there are things that they could have done and they didn't. And, and so it'll be interesting to see this week, what his, what, what his practice reports look like uh, if he's in the game against the Rams, I don't know. Um, but, but I, I do think, I, I don't know if McGlinchey is going to get, get another contract from the 49ers. I don't know that he's earned one. Yeah. If he has earned one, it's not a big money contract, but, um, but yeah, they were, the tackles were the problem last week and you don't really expect that. Sometimes you expect, uh, 
McGlinchey to have a problem, but never Trent Williams. And 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 Trent Williams got his ass kicked quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, in, over in and over again. It was it was really I, I've never, like you said, I've never seen Trent get manhandled like that, which begs the question to me that that I just don't think he was ready to come back. Uh that I, I don't think it both that Bosa was ready to come back either. I definitely don't think Mooney Ward was ready to come back. Uh in my opinion, Jimmy Ward probably shouldn't have been out there with that with that uh because i he as a corner you kind of have to be able to get your hands on and you saw it over and over again in the game yesterday that guys were just running away from him because he couldn't he couldn't grab him yeah (laughs) so it's it's just uh there's just a lot there i thought that that uh they were rushing guys back to uh to to try and get to see if they could get a win against the chiefs and like when that in my estimation if you were going to do that you would have done that against the weaker team <laughs> you would have done right. that against the weaker team and uh and then rest your guys for the chiefs game knowing that they're gonna that they're they're probably not going to be at their best and uh but once again we're second guessing kyle and kyle doesn't care so <laughs> so it's he does not. It, is, it is what it is <laughs> but but yeah i think that this offensive line uh i yeah i honestly if they would have left uh Trent Williams and left uh the uh, what's his name uh more uh back on the on the on the left side i he might have been better than Trent Williams yesterday cuz he I, like uh, as much as as much as uh he would he had been struggling early on i felt like he was starting to build a rhythm at least in the running game and mm-hmm. like the passing game it was kind of hit or miss but yeah for the most part it was, but it was better than Trent looked yesterday. And yeah. like, uh, yeah. So I, I just, I just really think that, that they need to make a decision as far as that, that kind of stuff goes. And uh, Jalen Moore probably needs to start on one of those sides. I, I, and, but McGlinchey, like you said, it's just, it's just unfortunate that every time the camera's on him, that he makes a go- he makes a big goof. Like uh, it's right. It just seems like every single time, time. Yeah. the biggest, the biggest play of the game, and McGlinchey falls back and like just completely falls down or something ridiculous. Like uh, yeah. so, ends up on the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the defense, like, so let's move on to the defense. The defense got destroyed. Like we yeah. we talked we talked about that. They got destroyed yesterday. Do you think it was too many injuries and guys just guys just playing hurt, or was it, or was it like D'Amico's play calling? Because I I think it was a little bit of both. But what do you feel about it? Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, I think ultimately it's missing important pieces. Um, I you know I I think honestly I I think losing Emmanuel Mosley is a gigantic blow to this defense. Oh, huge. Uh, I think Emmanuel Mosley is one of the most underrated corners in this league. I think that, um, you know, he was having his best season to date. Uh, he is a lockdown corner. Uh, it allowed both he and Ward, uh, it allowed them to really uh, play a lot of man, um, which, you know, really frees up guys like Talano Hufanga to kind of make plays all over the field. Um, and without without Mosley and with a, with a hobbled Ward, you know, it just – I just yeah. – I, I don't know that there was enough out there to stop the best offense in the NFL. You know, the, the chiefs yeah. came in with the highest, 
they were uh, averaging 29 points a game, which was number one in, in the NFL. So they were always going to have a struggle to, to stop this team. And, and while I didn't expect them to give up 44, I did expect them to give up a lot of points. Mm -hmm. And that's when it was going to have to, uh, fall back on the offense to try and, and keep pace. And, and they weren't able to do that. And so, you know, I think in, in the modern NFL and today's NFL, you're always going to have games uh, in a, in a season where you're going to get got on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, it's just the way that the NFL is designed. Now it's designed to yeah. be a passing league. It's designed to be uh, a league that favors offense. And so you have to expect games like this, um, especially against teams like, the chiefs or the bills or, or whatever the case may be. And that's when it comes, like I said, it comes to the offensive side to be able to catch up. But, you know, ultimately I think, you know, and, and I think, I think Nick Bosa, uh, those two back to back uh, neutral zone infractions early in the game. I think they got him out of rhythm. They got him in it. I think he got in his head a little bit. Um, and, and I think, ultimately you know it, it kind of took him out of of the game and you know he did have the one sack which was awesome he absolutely abused andrew wiley their right tackle and and got yeah. that sack um and 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 honestly that felt like a little bit of a momentum shift and you're like all right like okay uh because it was 28 23 right it was you're like okay we're we're, uh, we're still in this it's 28 23 we're, we're yeah. down five uh all of a sudden nick bosa gets this massive 10 yard sack on on Mahomes at second and 20 and then um you know, they hit the bomb to Marquez Valdez Scantling. And you're yeah, like, geez. oh, okay. Yeah. And 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 Mooney Ward got exposed on that. Um, and that's yes. where it's that play that made me think, hey, you know what? He's probably not fully healthy. Um, yeah. and so, you know, it, it just like I said, there are just going to be games where that happens, and and this just happened to be the game. But um, you know, I, I think I think that D'Amico will learn from this. Um, I think if if you know, by miracle, we get to face the Chiefs again. That means that it is a Super Bowl appearance. Um, you know, I think he'd have a different game plan, but I'm not. I'm not worried about the defense. I'm not worried about D'Amico Ryan's. I just mm -hmm. think this was a, a game that you know they just got got, and that's going to happen. And it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back against the Rams. Yeah, I yeah, I do not buy into. I heard a whole bunch of things on Twitter today about how overrated. D'Amico Ryan's is, and uh, I was after one game, <laughs> after one game, really, because he, I, I don't know if you could point to another game where he just got got like the last, like you were saying. It's yeah, it's crazy the overreaction to one game of giving up, of giving, of like having a bad game, and he's a he's a a young coordinator also like. A, People just have to. I feel like people just need to back off and like uh, and let it let him let him take his. You're going to take your lumps from time to time, and it's it's. Do you learn from it, and do you get better the next time? That's what I'll be looking to see from him. I think D'Amico is an outstanding coach, and I think that we're going to see something. Uh, he's going to scheme. I think he's going to do what he did last year when we had a bunch of injuries in the secondary, and he's going to scheme around it. Like uh, yeah. there was no reason why we were why we were able to keep Devonte Adams from from blowing us up in a uh, uh in that in the the game in the playoffs last season there was no reason with Ambry Thomas and Josh Norman as our it, starting corners yeah. there was yeah. no one there was no way that the cowboy they that we should have kept the cowboys to what uh, to what we did 
like uh, with those corners. And uh, it's just, yeah, it baffles me. Like how you could call the man overrated. The guy has a whole bunch of injuries, like from leaders on this team that he doesn't have on, on the field. And uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty young group. So like, uh, I mean, other than Bosa, but it's, and uh, Warner, of course, but, but yeah, like even Greenlaw went down in this game. Greenlaw went down in this game. Uh, Mooney was obviously still, he kept grabbing at his groin, like a uh, pause, but the, <laughs> but it was still, it, it still felt like they were in it up until the, up until the fourth quarter. Like, uh, and uh, I think that they were doing just enough until that point. And then it did the floodgates just opened and it was just too much, but, but yeah, I think D'Amico is an exceptional coach and I, I hope that people were, are willing to give him a little bit of leeway on this one. Um, because yeah, man has sure. shown us nothing but good up until this point, but yeah. is, do you think D'Amico's play calling is getting a little bit too predictable? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think, uh, again, I, I think the, the biggest issue was just trying to figure out like, you know, we, we lost, we, we lost our premier second corner, right. Which allowed us to do a lot of things. And so now I've got to switch gears and, and, and it might take a couple of weeks to kind of switch those gears and, and figure out. And, and not only that, but you know, my other, my other starting corner is hobbled um, and he's gutting it out, but he's not the same player right now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of getting back to health, um, yeah. you know, getting Armstead back, right. Armstead is, Armstead is a hundred percent the, you know, kind of the straw, the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to their run defense. Um, and I don't say that just, you know, because he's, you know, because he's the starting D tackle. Um, when Armstead is on the field this season, the uh, 49ers are allowing 2.8 yards per carry and uh -huh. 64 yards per game. And the games that he's missed, they're allowing 4.09 yards per carry and 111 uh -huh. yards per game. Uh, so it, 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 the proof is in the pudding right there. Yeah. Um, and That's so... Dead. <laughs> yeah. So that's from Akash from Niners Nation. But um no surprise. But yeah, so uh so yeah, it's you know, the, there's just they're injured right now. And yeah. and you know, they, they always have a next man up philosophy, but next man up is not always gonna be nearly as good as the man that he's replacing. So exactly uh um, the reason why they're the know, backup. <laughs> exactly. There's a reason why they're a backup. <laughs> um and so so yeah, so it's you know it's just a matter of getting guys back and 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 then also just adapting to um, you know losing Emmanuel Mosley for the year and and adapting to um, you know losing Jimmy Ward for an extended period of time twice mm -hmm. now right so <laughs> um, so yeah I, I I I don't think there's anything that is you could point to and be like uh, you know D'Amico is is predictable now. I just think that that you know he came up against a Hall of Fame play caller and and he got his ass kicked, mm -hmm. and 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 that's going to happen sometimes. So, um, you know, do I think that do I think of that that if they if they see each other again this season or if they saw each other again uh, in the future that that the same uh, thing would happen? I don't um, because I think D'Amico is smart enough to figure out how to adapt. So uh, yeah, I have no worries that. whatsoever.
Yeah, and I'm not. Yeah, as you can tell, I'm not worried either. Like uh, I just think that, like I said before, D'Amico is an exceptional coach in my estimation, and I'm looking for more great things from him uh, as we get through this season. And I, I just want, uh, I just really want people to give that that guy his due. You can't sit there and give the guy tons of kudos all year long. Last year, he's always oh, the greatest thing. We're expecting him to be a head coach, and he has a bad game, and all of a sudden he's trash. Like uh, that's. I don't think that's how that that works, but the, so we got the Rams next, like uh, yep. which is all which is historically our get right, <laughs> like uh, and will the 40, 49ers still? Do you think they're still going to have their number in this game, or did they get a rep? They get on they had they were on a buy this past season or this past yeah, week, yeah. I believe. And will that will that give them an ability to kind of like an extra week to game plan, get healthy for them? And will their recent or will their recent kind of struggles show begin? But what do you think? What do you think? Uh, how did this this game play out? Um, you know, I tweeted earlier today. I said, I hope 49er fans aren't taking this Rams game lightly, specifically mm-hmm. because the Rams are coming off a bye, which gives McVay uh, a, an extra week to game plan. Um, I, I guarantee this team is hungry to beat the 49ers. I know that they beat them in the NFC championship game, and that's, far more bragging rights, but you know, we're talking about a losing streak in the regular season that dates back to 2019, <laughs> I believe. So yeah, uh, it's pretty brutal for them. Um, I think they've got a lot of pride in trying to end that. And, you know, the 49ers are coming in kind of licking their wounds uh, from an ass kicking at the hands of the chiefs. So I, I this is it, it. And it's a division game, which is always difficult. Um, it's going to be hard fought. It's in LA even though LA is Levi South, um, you know, it's still, it's still not on their home field. Um, and you know, I, I don't know what the injury report is report is going to look like. We'll Mm. see if, if the 49ers are getting anybody back. Um, the, the, the thing that I will say is the, the Rams are, are, are pretty one dimensional in that they've got almost zero running game and their offense runs directly through Cooper cup. And so while Cooper Cup got his in in that last matchup, uh, he didn't have any touchdowns. And, uh, you know, the 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 defense really had quite the performance against them, though. We're still talking about a fourth quarter where uh, the Rams got the ball back and were driving to possibly tie the game before Hufunga had that uh, that interception. So. It's it's going to be a close game. It always is. It's going to be hard fought. Mm-hmm. It always is. Um, you know, we'll see where Daniel Daniel Brunskill plays. Um, you know, honestly, I think if if McGlinchey can't go, I think Brunskill should be the starting right tackle. Um, but I think he's better at tackle, in my opinion. I I have said that since since 2020. Like, yeah, I don't know why they keep <laughs> trying to try him out at guard. He is a tackle. He was a tight end. He was a tight yeah. end, right? Like, get him on the outside. That's where he's most most comfortable. So yeah, that, I've always thought that was his best position. Um, but, but yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that, you know, it's going to be easy by any stretch. Do I think that they can still win? I absolutely do. Uh, for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan does have Sean McVay's number. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if, if this extra week of prep for McVay really results in any kind of difference for him whatsoever. Yeah, I, I agree. I I'm not, I'm not, it's not worried is not the word for this game in my opinion it's it's more just nervous for what for what we're gonna see 
And I'm nervous because if they if they roll out there again and we have see the same offensive struggles, the same execution issues, the same amount of penalties, the same everything that had been like the the reason why they had been struggling. It's just it's just uh, I just worry about the the for the I just worry about the I'm nervous about the rest of the season because historically the Rams have been a get right for us and uh, so I'm I really want them to to stick their best step their best foot forward and yeah. uh, just kind of take care of go in there and just take care of business uh, I do think it's going to be a close game because I mean the injuries are the injuries but the one thing working for us is that I don't think they could have two two weeks off and i don't think this offensive line for the rams is going to be good so agree it's uh it's going to that's injuries. going to help this that's going to really help this d line get home i think uh, and that might be the recipe for success for the 49ers in this game is and then and then we'll get to see a full game plan with uh, with cmc excited to see that like uh, but yeah i think i think that the 49ers are going to pull this game out i don't know what the score i have no clue of what this offense is going to look like but but i think that it's they will pull it out but hey brian i i really appreciate you coming on today like absolutely uh, man this is a blast had a, I yeah i had, had a great time. time talking 49ers even off of a loss and uh it was <laughs> you'll definitely have to come back uh on one of these when i can nail you down i know you're a busy man absolutely and uh but yeah for everybody, one more time, why don't you tell them where they can find your content and where they can find you on the socials? Yeah. Uh, so on Twitter, I'm at, at brenick 77 I got it on the screen there. Uh, and again, part of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle podcast. Uh, we are now part of uh, Odyssey, which is a cool opportunity for us. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And then uh, the Denim Dungeon with uh, with my buddy Tim Sprinkles. Uh, like I said, we've been on a bit of a hiatus, but hoping to get back at it. Uh, he is uh, down in L.A. this week at a conference. So um, hopefully might be able to put some content out this week, if not aiming for for next week. But uh, yeah, the No Huddle uh, podcast, we put out uh, two episodes a week that you can find on all of your uh, favorite podcast apps and uh, also do a live stream like you do. Uh, and you can find that at YouTube. Just look up 49ers Web Zone No Huddle. Yeah, and it's really it's a really good show. Love uh, you guys, you guys in uh, Al Sacco, and uh, yeah, love love the show. So it, Thanks, but brother. yeah, appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Like, so make sure you guys go out, uh, follow follow my guy Brian. Make sure you follow their uh, like, uh, subscribe to the to the YouTube channels, and uh, and then yeah, for make sure you subscribe to this channel. Make sure you yeah. hit the bell, the hit the bell, so you can get the notifications. And then also I am on anywhere where you can get your audio podcast. So if you don't, if you don't just feel like looking at my ugly mug today and you just <laughs> want to hear the audio version, then great. Go get it. I don't care where you get it. Just go get it. That's right. And, but, uh, but yeah, like uh, for everybody, thank you for watching all the, the, the comments, all the, uh, the guys in the chat, you guys were great today, Melissa and CG. And, uh, and there was a couple of people I'm forgetting, but, uh, but, but really I like, I appreciate you guys so much. And uh, yeah, with that being said, go Niners. Go Niners. <laughs>